As we uh, start our third leg of our three-hour marathon here on the opening kickoff. Always look forward to talking to Chris Stewart. Uh, no matter what the subject is, he brings a vibe to uh, our morning show. Uh, he will be, by the way, uh, broadcasting the Alabama game. As you know, he'll be doing road games. And so he's going to South Florida, Tampa, for the uh, Alabama-South Florida game. And I guess that'll be starting right around 1130 with the pregame. Chris, welcome to the show. Good morning. How are you today? Good morning, guys. How are y'all? Pretty good. So let's uh, just good. let's backtrack. Texas, Quinn Ewers, you yep. broadcast the game last year. He Was he much better this year than last year when you saw him before he got hurt? I, you know, I think he was, he was obviously good off to the start last year, but the weapons around him were really good, really tough. Uh, but what made this game so difficult for Alabama was just getting beat on the offensive line, which frankly was a surprise to me at, at the level that it was. I thought that defensively they'd be able to get a little more pressure on him than they did. Um, and offensively, not being able to to keep uh, Texas off of Jalen Milrow more than they did and, and establish more in the ground game was very surprising yeah. to me. But we knew that Texas was good along the defensive front. We talked about this last week and in the weeks leading up to it, but I, I did not think that they would be as successful as they were. And at the same time, I really thought Alabama's defense would put a lot more pressure on Texas than they wound up doing. It, it was really disappointing after you – you got off to the start that you did in that game that you're up early in the fourth quarter. You got all the momentum. You got the stadium in it. You got just everything going uh, momentum-wise, and you feel like you've got some things turned. And then they cut through the Bama defense like a hot knife through butter, and that was disappointing to see to – to have them regain that momentum as quickly. You had the feel, even though it was only a three-point game or three- or four-point game, whatever it was, that if you can get a stop there, especially a three-and-out, you put doubt in Texas's mind, and maybe you're able to build off the momentum you just had offensively, and you can really, truly put that game in your hands or in your hip pocket. And Bama didn't do that. And that's... uh that was very different. It was interesting to see that be a defensive struggle to the degree that it was for about three quarters, and then the offense has kind of got some things going, especially that of Texas. And, of course, the turnover didn't help matters at all. Um, but there's obviously a lot to fix, uh, but there's nobody better in the world to get that fixed than the guy that's in charge of it right now. Chris Stewart. On the air with us, courtesy of Dex Imaging. Chris, did you come away from that game thinking Texas is better than advertised or maybe Alabama is yeah. not as good as people thought they were? No, I look, I still think, you know, Bama, Bama had two touchdowns taken off the board with penalties that uh, they committed. And so that, that looks a lot different if you get seven instead of three from those two drives, and I don't just mean the math working out. I mean the flow of the game and the way that was that was going at the time. Those were those were penalties that stung, and then the turnovers themselves that were not I'm not taking anything away from Texas, but they weren't phenomenal plays, just bad reads on 
Jalen's part, and and they didn't have to work extremely hard to get those picks. Um, those are four plays, and we've been hearing it from the beginning of the game itself. But four or five plays can determine the outcome, and those are those are four plays right there that are a prime example of it. And there are more, but those are those are four obvious ones that make the outcome of that game very very different. So while Bama you know, losing by 10 and, and, and getting beaten, um, certainly by that margin is disappointing. Uh, I don't know that, you know, it's not a throwing the baby out with the bathwater kind of the deal. They've, they've got things to clean up, to work on. But to your point and to your question, Lee, about Texas, I thought they were good. They're even better than that. And if they can handle success, if, if those guys in the locker room, I know Sark understands it and that staff understands it because they've been there, but if those players will grasp that who they are, you know, there's people that come after them because they're Texas, period. Uh, but they haven't been in this position in quite a while where they, they've been able to establish with a win like this, hey, we're a contender. And not everybody can manage that. If they, fuel, if they use that as fuel, to push and get better and understand, hey, we could be national championship quality if we continue to improve, then, yes, they can be there. If they start going in with the attitude of, hey, we got this, we've got it figured out, and and start um, you know, just enjoying too much what they accomplished in Tuscaloosa, somebody will get them along the way, and that'll, that'll make it tough for them to be uh, in that mix for a national championship. But there's no question in my mind that what we saw Saturday is uh, is a team that's good enough. And I think that's part of what gets lost in this from the Bama perspective is that you lost to a really good, really talented football team. It's not all about how you played, even though that's a major part of it. Um, you didn't lose to a dog team. You lost to somebody who, if they take care of business, will be right there in the mix to win it all. He's Chris Stewart. You will hear that voice uh, this Saturday on the call of the Alabama-South Florida game as uh, the Tide prepares for the, uh, I don't know, the Gator Bulls, the Bull Gators. I mean, do you eat in the Alabama team cafeteria, uh, Chris? Have you, have you, uh, did you see what no. was for dinner last night? I did not. What All did I miss? All right, Help so me out. Alabama safety Jalen Key posted a video on his Instagram story. There is a full Gator Carved up right there on the uh, on the table for dinner. We're, we we we've, we've done the in depth investigative reporting this morning. Gotten some uh, insight from our listeners. We're not sure why a gator was served, other than that they're going to Florida. They are the Bulls. I would have liked you know a nice fillet, perhaps. But no kidding. Yeah, we're being told that would have been that, easier to find. I think. <laughs> Well, my guess is the cow just doesn't display as well on the table when you walk into the cafeteria. Well, it depends on, uh, you know, it, it makes sense that they wouldn't want to see the horns because they saw plenty of those last uh, week. So maybe that's point. why they went gator instead of bull. So um, I don't know. That's a good question. Um, it's one I don't have an answer for. And usually I can at least make up something, but I got nothing for you there, man. I'm sorry. Yeah, someone suggested it was a bull gator, which. As I did some research, according to the Florida Fish, Wildlife, and Conservation Commission, is a gator of nine feet in length or larger. So maybe yeah. it, it's a little bit of a stretch, but I guess that works. 
I got news for you. I don't care if it's on my plate <laughs> and in multiple pieces. If it was ever at one point nine feet, I don't want any part of it. All right, now, fair enough. I mean, um, the man yeah. knows what he wants, Lee. I mean, he don't want it. I know what I don't want. Yeah. That's the big thing. I don't want any part of a gator. Yeah. Whether it's on the plate or if it's uh in the in the lake next to where my tee shot probably arrived. Yeah. Uh more than likely that's probably where it arrived. I I, I agree. All right, so how is this week different uh for you than said last week due to the uh yeah. the different duties? Yeah, it look, the the preparation uh more in, intensive than um you know, I've had charts for each of the first two weeks, and I've glanced at them uh, the first couple of weeks. But this one will involve a whole lot more study. I got them. I got the boards yesterday, and and uh, starting very slowly, but starting as we get closer to kickoff to commemorate, uh, committing some things to memory, and and looking forward to having the chance. You know, in in years past, including last year. I did uh, a couple of high school games that were nice warm-ups before I got into the, the season itself. And this year, no high school games and having not done the, the, uh, the first two games. So this, this will be my opener as well. But I've done enough over the years that uh, hopefully first series or so we'll, we'll get the dust knocked off and be ready to go. And hopefully Alabama will, will play sharp and – execute well and there won't be any real drama in this one but i don't mean that in a derogatory sense towards south florida as much as i just hope to see alabama play well and look i'm excited about the opportunity to um to do this and excited about it but the game's about bama and whether it's me eli or whoever it's uh it's simply about telling the message for the tide and and hopefully it's a very Good message and one that Bama fans will enjoy hearing. You're playing in the Pirate Stadium, I believe, down there in Tampa. But what struck me, kind of rare for Alabama to visit on the road a non-Power 5 team. Now, I realize it's a two-for-one, but I I, can't, yeah. I don't have the memory to go back. I remember when Ray Perkins was coaching at uh, Alabama, and he scheduled Louisiana. I think it was a three-for-one, but they had to go to Louisiana. Yeah, I'm really su- I remember that, too. Yeah, and at the time, Louisiana, I think, had stands on one side of the field. I'm really surprised that they're involved because, you know, down the road, you got Notre Dame, you got Ohio State, home and homes, Wisconsin, right. teams like that. But uh, to go to a non-Power 5 school, that doesn't happen that often with Alabama. No, it really doesn't. And I've, like I said, like Coach said the other day when he was asked about it, I think, you know, there's probably some other factors involved. Uh, look, here's one thing, um, and it's not all that easy to put the schedule. People think it is, but it, it's not the easiest thing in the world to get accomplished. But I think it's also um, a really good game to play right there and to play it truly on the road, look, we know there are going to be a lot of Bama fans. It's mostly going to be South Florida fans, but there will be a lot of Bama fans because of the location. Um, you go into Florida, which obviously over the years has been a huge recruiting hotbed for the Tide, but you go there and you're playing a team that's got a, a reputable name. I think it's 10 bowl games in the last 17 years. Uh, they've only been They've only been a Division one team for, uh, or one A team for 
what, 20, 25 years, something like that. But they've, they've got a good history. They've had a good program, and uh, it's not their best team by any stretch. But you don't know that when you're putting the schedule together. It could have been a buzzsaw um, based on what they've been at, at certain times. But I think it's a good game to fall after Texas because you need win or lose that you're going to have to keep the guys engaged. That's a game where there's so much conversation that that you knew whichever way it went, people are going to probably still be talking about that game as we were just a few minutes ago. But it keeps you sharp. It keeps you locked in. It's a good road challenge before you go to Starkville in two weeks, but also a chance to get yourself straightened out, hopefully, before a really good Ole Miss team comes into Tuscaloosa next weekend. Chris, my friend, uh, enjoy the uh, enjoy the trip, sir. Enjoy the game. We'll be listening on our sister station, uh, 92 Zoo. Uh, we appreciate the time, as always, and uh, let's do it again next week. Always look forward to it, guys. Thanks for the opportunity. Absolutely. That's Chris Stewart, ladies and gentlemen, uh, the Crimson Tide Sports Network. I'm even more surprised that ABC picked this up as their 230 game. You know, probably we got some time. We need to we need to talk about that because Georgia, Georgia's also. Um, don't they get? They, they have they the get, CBS game, right? But they got picked over Florida, Tennessee. Yeah, which years ago you couldn't yank that game off CBS at two. That was always their lead game. There, when CBS got the contract, they would start their. Uh, coverage of the SEC with the Florida-Tennessee game. All right, well, we'll talk about this next because I get why they did it, but wouldn't you rather the better game than the more marquee opponent? We'll discuss it when we come back. Uh, Traffic and weather next. Stay with us. We need somebody who's a very serious individual, and that would be Richie Riley, the head basketball coach at the University of South Alabama. Coach, good morning. How are you today? Richie, good morning. I don't like the sound of that. Is that like a name it? Let's see if we can uh, reconnect with the South Alabama basketball coach. I'm not sure what's going on there, but uh, that's okay. Yeah, we can. Are you guys? Are yeah. you guys there? We are there and ready to go. You're all set. Yeah, guys. How are you guys? Pretty good. You know, we started out the morning talking about Aaron Rodgers and and uh, and you follow sports, uh, whether it's basketball or other sports like football. Can you ever remember fanfare over a? athlete much like Aaron Rodgers during the offseason creating the fever that he did and then of course what happened with the four plays into the game does anybody come to mind in any sport where you've seen a guy leave a team and go to another team hoping to make the difference and then of course fell flat on his face with the injury yeah the only the only one I can come up with number one you hate to see it because I mean, that Jets team's good. I mean, I'm a huge Bills fan, so I watched the whole game the other night. And they, they won anyway. That defense is really stout, and they got some weapons offensively, and you had Rodgers in there. I mean, there's such excitement to, to have a chance to make a legitimate run. And so you, so you hate to see it, but the, the one that sticks out is the Brooklyn Nets when they made the deal to get Harden and Durant and Kyrie, and they never really played together. Kyrie had the whole COVID um you know, incident where he, did, he, he didn't get vaccinated, didn't play, and they never really played together, and it just fizzled out, and they, they didn't make it. But 
that's the only one I could think of. You know, that was that was a big three, huge big three at the time, and they really got to play together. Boy, you're right about that. And so let me ask you this: uh, Are you okay with Josh Allen? I mean, he he's what the the five years or so has led the NFL in turnovers and so forth. Of course, he's also led them in most touchdowns too. Yeah, high high risk, high reward. A lot of times, uh, he takes a lot of chances. But but I kind of like it. I'm a burn the boats type guy, and he's he's obviously incredibly talented. And when you mix in the weapons they have with Diggs, and you know now Cook has turned himself into at least a mid level back, maybe better than that as we go forward. And then they added Kincaid with the draft. I mean, he's got a ton of weapons, and he, he just had a really bad game. I mean, I don't know. You'd have to check your stat department. Has anybody ever thrown three picks to the same dude in one game? I mean, maybe, I'm sure that maybe they have. But and then he had the terrible fumble. He's not have a lot of weeks like that. I think. I think he'll get it going. I like him. I think he's an upper echelon quarterback. I know he's taking some heat right now, but he, you know he's just a threat. You know because he can run it. He's strong enough to finish in goal line situations. He might have the strongest arm in the league. At least you know one of three. And um, I think he's proven. You know, we've the Bills have been close. They're a freak incident away against Kansas City Chiefs a few years ago, probably going to the Super Bowl and having a heck of a chance to win it. So I like him. I, I'm gonna I'm gonna just I'm gonna just put that as a as a wild deal in the opening week against a really tough defense. I think I think this week he'll bounce back pretty good against the Raiders. Richie, you hit on it. The, yes, the interceptions are troubling, especially when you're throwing to the same guy. It's almost like they're dating. But the other issue I had was the fumble. At that point, I'm, I'm wanting to know if he's got some sort of account with FanDuel and he's got his money on the wrong team. Because not only did he drop the snap, dude picked it up, started running with it, and then dropped it again. Yeah, it was. It was. It looked like he was. He was throwing the game. Obviously, he wasn't. But it, it looked like it, it was bad. The, the last pick too was really bad. Um, he just, I don't know. I, I think even, I think even professional athletes, sometimes they get, you know, in a mental funk and they just like, they just start struggling, man. You don't, you don't really think of it like that, but they're human just like anybody else. It's like the guys I coach, you know, I mean, they're the 1% of, of athletes because they're, you know, professional football players, but you know, still mentally, he, he was a little bit jacked up and unsure of what he was doing, and, and made some some really bad plays on the road. But again, I, I think I think he's I think he'll end up being a Pro Bowler. I think the Bills will be really good. I mean, you look at Week One, Chiefs got beat. You know, Kelsey's out, uh, Christian Jones is out. You know, they, they get beat. The Bengals look horrible. I mean, Joe Burrow was horrible. I feel like he's one of the best quarterbacks in the league. So your top three teams in the AFC all lost week one. Uh, I think all three of those teams are going to have great years. Richie Riley joining us. Richie, I did not know uh, coming in that you were a Bills fan. So here's my question. I I took a look at your basketball schedule. I, I, I guess it's not official yet, but it does show that early in November you go to Buffalo. Uh, that's the basketball program. Uh, that the Alabama coach Nate Oates used to coach. You're going to Buffalo, so I don't know how much time you have and 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 what kind of a trip if it's a few days or just you know up and back. But if you had a choice, would you take the team to Niagara Falls or take them to a Buffalo Bills practice? Come on, that's not even close. Yeah, I'm at the Buffalo Bills practice. I'm, uh, I'm in I, there with McDermott. 
I and actually, hopefully, I attended. Hopefully, somebody, hopefully, hopefully, Dorsey or somebody will let me see some offensive action, <laughs> talk me through some stuff they're doing. Um, yeah, I'm, I'm definitely going to practice. I've, I've, and, I, and I hope to, and I hope to go over there and and see the stadium and all that. I mean, I've been a Bills fan since I was like seven years old, so it it's a big deal to me. I've, I've loved the Bills since I was my kid's age. So I, I've never been to Buffalo, so I. I hope to have a little bit of free time. It's a short trip, but to go over there and pick something out. It's huge Buffalo Bills territory. I, I worked a summer up there at a TV station, and I did attend practice sessions of the Bills. I think Jack, was Jack Kemp was quarterbacking. That shows you how far back it was. <laughs> but, uh, it, yeah, it is so, like, it's incredible. I, I don't think Buffalo Bill players have to pay for anything in that community. No, it's Bills Mafia. I'm I'm definitely getting a Bills Mafia shirt while I'm up there too. Uh, I'm excited about going up there. Uh, be a tough game for us. They got a good program, new coach, but it, it'll be cool to be up there because again, I've never been up there. Hope, hopefully, it doesn't snow like crazy. It's about the time where that snow starts hitting hitting pretty hard up there, and I, I don't want any part of that. I'm thankful to live in Mobile, Alabama, where we don't see very much of that. Yeah. Uh, he's Richie Riley. He's the South Alabama basketball coach. Although it sounds like he's planning basketball trips to parlay into NFL jobs at this point. I can't. I can't get confirmation, but we'll work on it. So I heard a rumor here recently. Maybe you can help me confirm or deny this speculation. You ready? Yes. I heard you can play the one a little bit these days. True or false? Oh yeah, it's it's starting to leak, man. I think I think TMZ and a bunch of people snuck in our practice yesterday. It's starting to starting to leak that I was out there. Playing the one, um, yeah, I don't move quite as good as I used to. But the thing about when you get old is your your mind is a lot better than it was when you're young, so you can be a half a step ahead. And <laughs> when you diagram all the, when you diagram all the plays and you create all the offense, and then you should know it better than anybody else. So I, I'm fully capable of in you know drill work or polishing offense of playing the one. I think if we put somebody out there and they tried to guard me, um, I don't think that would turn out very well, especially if it was one of our guys. But I, I would need one of you two guys to guard me. I don't I don't need I don't need Turbo Jones guarding me. Bro, uh, but I, yeah, I I've, I've been out lock. there running around, man. We've had, had a couple of assistants on the road recruiting uh last couple of days, so it's it's forced me to be thrown out there. Um so it's it's been pretty good. I think your guys like it okay. Uh, I got you on lock, Coach. I got you on the lockdown. I think I think I get you in a wheel post, just like we teach you, and get you in there and play off two feet. I think my I think my strength. I don't know if it's strength anymore. I think it's more weight than strength. I think I think I could prevail. Yeah, but if 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 uh if the older you are gives you an extra step because you know it's coming, then I got about twelve steps on you, Coach. I'm just saying. <laughs> <laughs> Richie, I got a, a, an NBA question for you. Obviously, a disappointing showing by the USA in the FIBA. No medal, losing to Canada. So, is LeBron, do you think he's serious about rallying the troops and trying to get guys like Curry and Durant to join him in Paris in 2024? Yeah, I think he definitely is. I, I think that's going to happen for sure, uh, barring any injury from, from those guys between now and then. Or, or any other unforeseen, you know, circumstances. I think I think they'll they'll definitely do it. It was disappointing because it, they didn't take the star power, but I, I did like 
some of the makeup of their team if you're not going to have the best players in the United States there or all of them. And they just kind of fizzled out. You know, they they dropped the one before they got to the semis, and it was like, okay, maybe they're just kind of sleepwalking. And then it, they just fizzled out. But the other teams are good. I think I think people overlook that a little bit. I mean, Germany won it. You got Denny Schroeder, who's a good NBA player. He's not great. He's mid-level. You know, he's been a little higher than that throughout parts of his career. You got you got the Wagners, both of them, and then Canada had a host of NBA guys. You know, a lot of guys that are starters in the NBA, and Gilgis Alexander is one of one of ten, one of fifteen of the top players in the league. So. It's not horrible teams, but we obviously we should win the gold. I mean, I'm not sitting here defending that. We should win the gold. Um, so it was it was disappointing. But yeah, the, the question I think LeBron, I think I think they do go. I think it's kind of their swan song. I don't think I think this would be obviously LeBron. LeBron would be 40 years old almost, you know, and it's definitely his last. I think it's Durant's last. I think it's Curry's last, and. Then they'll probably add some, you know, it's Draymond's last. Draymond always gets tucked in there with them. You know, they always include him. It's like, it's, it's crazy. You know, I think he's a great piece and a great player, but, you know, he always gets tucked in there with them, so he'll be there. And I think they will. I think they'll go dominate. It'll be, it'll probably, just a kind of reminder that we do have the most talent in the world, which we do, you know, when everybody plays. And um, I, I think I think they will. I think that's right down LeBron's alley. It, if they win, then he never comes back and plays. But this is a great opportunity for him to be you know, kind of the hero and come back, and all those guys come together one last time. Well, here's the point, though. The act, the roster they had was pretty. I mean, Brunson, Bridges, Edwards. They had good players. Uh, Reeves. Reeves had some good games, and a lot of their games, a couple of the games, went overtime. Right? They were like single digit losses i you know obviously i'd like to see the usa win especially you know you come away without a medal that's kind of disappointing but i'm wondering if if you send a team with lebron as you said approaching 40 and then you've got guys that uh, like you know curry and, and durant and durant's had a history of injuries lately and so forth is it that much better a team to win a gold medal in the olympics I feel like it's drastically better. I think some of it's mental too. I mean, I think, I think the Germanys and the, you know, Lithuania and all these guys are much more comfortable playing against this grouping of guys that they just played against. Um, a lot of them probably don't even know those guys necessarily, which sounds crazy. But a lot of those guys have spent a lifetime playing the kid. The dude from Lithuania destroyed them. He's got spent a lifetime overseas, making a lot of money, and, and has never even touched the NBA. Um, but I think when you when you bring that star power, and I do think a lot there's a lot of stretch guys in this that really aren't that much better than a lot of the high and the guys playing over in Europe that are making millions over there. You know, when when you're really being honest, there's a, a lot of guys with no international experience. They're just kind of feeling their way in. It's like I love Brunson, I love Bridges. I think they're both elite. I think Ingram struggles within that concept of that many guys around him. I think that's why he kind of fizzled out late, uh, struggled to move the ball. He's a ball stopper. Jaron Jackson's still finding his way. Really talented. I think he's going to be great, but he's not quite there yet. When you bring those veterans in, the LeBrons and the Stephs, and the, I'm sure Lillard may play, and 
I'm sure they probably bring Tatum and they bring Booker and these guys. I mean, it's just a different deal. I mean, the level, there's levels to everything. I tell our team this all the time. There's levels to everything. So you get to the NBA and you're like, everybody's really good. There's still levels to that. So when you bring LeBron and all those guys, that's top, top level. And that's not a knock on Jalen Brunson and those guys because I think he's incredible too. And he probably will be that top level one of these days. But there's there's a difference. I mean, there's levels to everything. And those when when we bring our top shelf guys, then everybody remembers how talented the United States is in basketball. Um, I think the gap has shrunk dramatically since the '92 Dream Team. Um, when you look at international hoops, but we still have the top shelf talent as a whole. Um, in the world right now. I mean, you got a lot of the best players in the NBA when you look at Jokic and you look at, look at Doncic and you look at Embiid and you look at Giannis. All, all those guys are might be the top four players in the league, but their countries don't have a lot of that to go with them. We've got a lot of depth when, it looks, when you look at United States talent. Coach, always a pleasure, sir. In, enjoy the week, and uh, we'll do it again next week. Really enjoyed it, guys. You guys have a great week. All right, I'll be looking for that uh, little wheel thing you were talking about. I got to go Google it, but I'm ready. Yeah, yeah, wheel post, man. When you watch us play, you you know what it is. We're wheeling it down there, playing off two feet. You uh, you know, little 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 Heimer Junior can tell you he's he's in here every day. I had him wheel posting yesterday. He's making some great passes and playing. All right, I'm I'm just gonna pull the chair on you. I know you think you got a house in the mouse. I mean, the mouse in the house when I'm down there, but I'm just gonna pull the chair. <laughs> <laughs> All right, we're going to set that up. We'll see about that. Yeah. <laughs> All right, man. Thank you. Segment brought to you by guys. South Alabama Athletics, reminding you you can get your football tickets at usajaguars.com slash tickets. Isn't Little Heimer bigger than you are? Is yes. taller? I thought so. Yes. Yeah, I'll yes. see him. But I've got heart. Makes me 10 feet tall. Shervanian. Shervanian. All right, one final how's segment. The, how's the blood pressure <laughs> with yeah. your heart? Yeah. Uh, man, I, out of breath just getting up. One final segment. Stay with us. If we, uh, borrowing the song we just heard, eat the lunch by myself, if I'm having grape leaves, I'd be eating by myself. You guys wouldn't join me, apparently, well, from what we found out today. I mean, if you there, if you need some moral support to try to get those green turds down, <laughs> then I'll, I'm willing to sit there. You would. Thanks, Michael. I appreciate that. It's nice that we have kindness here on the morning show, at least from one person. I'm just, you, you I will if sit I there and watch you eat. How about if I treat it? Okay, this is, you don't deal in hypotheticals. There's no way you're treating. Ah, uh, that's not true. Whoa. I've taken people out to lunch many a time. Really? Yes. On, I would. He said he would. He didn't say he will. He said he I would. I said I would. <laughs> <laughs> I don't go out to lunch that often because I work out and then go home and have my midday meal, which is it. But I would, Michael. I would invite you, yes. Very nice. I think you're a very entertaining individual. (laughs) Well, that's very sweet, Lee. I appreciate it. Dance for me, clown. It's lunchtime. (laughs) (laughs) You say, I'll tell you what. I was going to kid around with you, but we were supposed to. Now, I I know you're you're upset about Alabama, but. Yeah. Each day we were supposed to have a Nick Saban cut and you have bypassed him. Is there something you have against him now or are you just he boycotting lost. him? 
Yeah, I, yeah. You're I'm boycotting ad- I'm advocating Nick. Advocating for the firing of I Nick got- Saban publicly. Okay, <laughs> just wanted to check. Not, not actually. In case you couldn't tell that that was a joke. Uh, but yeah, I, I, you know, it, it's still, it's still pretty raw. We'll, we'll be all right. I don't know. We'll see. Okay, it's not going to be the last. Mark, loss I mentioned this to Michael tomorrow. Among our guests, we have a lot of good ones, as you know, uh, every day. But Dan Jennings, who's going to replace you next week, by the way, if he's in town. For a single show, people. For a single show. Let's uh, let's not. Let's, but tomorrow, so, for someone who's so careful about his words when it comes to free food, he just you know, it out. You're being replaced. You're being replaced one day. Yeah. So I was talking to him yesterday because he went to the Alabama Texas game. Okay. And he he said some things now that Michael basically kind of I guess agreed with, but we haven't really talked about it on the air, and I don't know if Danny. And it's going to be more about football than baseball, who's because he's with the Washington Nationals. But there's really not much to talk about with the Nationals. So he he claims in in watching Jalen Milrow that they're not using him properly. Is that is that your theory too, Michael? We, we, you you were saying that off the air with me. Well, I don't I don't think that's this radical idea. I mean, it comes down to the fact of you know, do you want to? I think it was Clint Lamb on Twitter I saw make an interesting point yesterday. It comes down to the fact, like, do you want to build an offense around Jalen Milrow when quarterback is pretty clearly the weakest position on your team? Or do you want to try to make a square peg fit into a round hole and keep trying to make it work with Jalen Milrow? Or, you know, when you also have two backups that probably would be more capable of running a traditional offense. So Milrow's a unique guy. I don't think he's really frankly capable of running a traditional offense so you got two choices you can either change things around him when i think you have a really good group of running backs and have a decent group of wide receivers or you know go to the next guy because it's not going to they can keep trying to do the same thing over and over again with milrow and guess what they're going to lose three games right and this is this is a topic we we kind of batted around a little bit because we talked about this was a team that was saban was committed to going to pro style they brought in Buckner. They realize now Milrow, in their own in the, in their reasoning, is the better guy. But to your point, and the point we made before, is it doesn't his his skill set doesn't fit the offense. So do you trash everything you've been talking about since the end of last season and build around Milrow, or do you make the switch? I think it's, Tyler Buckner should be starting it's, this Saturday, frankly. So, the other thing, though, is if your offensive line continues to play like it did against Texas, it does doesn't it, does, matter does, who does the quarterback matter? is. Does it matter? Because I do think in the game, I think the reason he didn't make the switch was because they were getting such pressure on the quarterback. At least yeah. Milrow, Milrow checks the box on giving you the best upside at avoiding. Sure he rush. created plays that weren't there for other quarterbacks like could Tyler Buckner pick up loose balls on bad snaps and do what Milrow did it's not like Buckner's a statue either though uh, no he's not you're right about that and he's proven that but again I go back to this they've had these guys all fall the theory or the narrative was that with the new quarter uh coordinator Reese coming in that that favored Notre Dame's court incoming quarterback so what is it that he has not shown Enough to be the starter. That that'd be my question. I don't know. That's a real solid answer. I you know I, 
I don't know. I, I don't have the answer. I, I it what certainly your, okay. isn't anything that Jalen Milrow has shown. Back up. What are your sources saying up there? Because you've told me you've got oh, some pretty good my, sources my, up my there. High, my high up sources. Yeah. I don't know. I have it. It's all. It's all. It's all quiet on the uh, Tuscaloosa front right now. Okay, I don't know. Jalen Milrow certainly hasn't done enough to to keep the job. In my, I mean, I think you'd be crazy to argue otherwise. So you know, we'll keep talking about it. I think. I think I wouldn't be surprised to see a heavy dose of Buckner. Not necessarily that he'll start the game, but get some more meaningful reps than he saw against Middle this week. All right. Another good one. Another one in the books uh, for Mr. Bronner and Mr. Shavanian and his grape leaves. I'm Mark Heim. That does it. We'll be back tomorrow at 6. Until then, see ya.